This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Laser. Organ. One more time, let me get that laser. Now let me get that organ, wow. Praise the Lord. Now let me get into what I forgot last episode. So I forgot to mention that OU men's gymnastics and OU women's gymnastics, you know, we we nicknamed Oklahoma University, University of Oklahoma, Jim U, because these guys win titles all the time. They both came in second. The women lost to Michigan. Michigan was the fourth best team in the country and men's gymnastics lost to Stanford so I'm like man with OU women's maybe I should have saw a red flag when they lost to Denver for the big 12 title but I was like you know these guys are good we have a good program we'll lock in we'll lock in and and we'll win the national title and then Michigan just goes out of their mind and they win I mean (laughs) I remember uh when the season first started, I said they had a Mickey Mouse schedule and that they weren't going to get pushed to the end. And I was right. I just wasn't expecting Michigan or Denver. Hey, whatever, man. You know they'll be back. You know K.J. Kendler runs a tight ship there. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I didn't forget this last episode, but rest in peace, Terrence Clark. He was supposed to be a second-round pick. He was projected to go in the second round. He just tragically lost his life last night. You know, that's just, that that sucks. I guess he's close with Donovan Mitchell and, of course, some of these Kentucky players. It's just a tragic loss because uh, the more I found out about him, the more I was like, you know what, this guy was going to be a steal because he was the eighth best player in 2020 class. He reclassified to 2020. He was a top 10 um, prospect, and he ended up at Kentucky. But he only played eight games because of a leg injury. So he knew that he, he had signed with an agent. So he knew that he had a great chance of doing well in the NBA. That, you know, whatever happened in college wasn't going to stop him because he, he knew it was just an injury. He's going to come back from an injury and, and cook. So, man, it's just a tragic loss, man. And his mom was there, too. Man, that just sucks, bro. Rest in peace, Terrence Clark. I also forgot to talk about this KD versus Shannon Sharp thing. I know it's old now and no one's talking about it. But, man, um, right after this happened, for whatever reason, I decided to look at what Undisputed said about... Um, the Michael Rappaport situation with KD. How they went back and forth with DMs and KD went very far and said some threatening him and said some stuff about his wife. Um, Shannon Sharp said, why do you even entertain it? Just block it and move on. And then what happened? Maybe like a week later, Shannon Sharp says, I guess a fake quote about KD and, and winning championships and KD calls him out on it. 
and harasses him on Twitter, Shannon Sharp said, you know, we could talk about it on, in person or on the show. Of course, you're going to tell him to talk about it on the show. That's ratings. Of course. Duh. That's the oldest trick in the book for sports talk. <laughs> I mean, you don't you ch- you don't really get in the conversations off the air. Put it on the air to make money. But I think that's also just how he how he is. He just rather handle things face to face, man to man. Uh, that's what he did with Adrian Peterson, I believe, and that worked out great. They did a great podcast together, airing out their issues. And that's what he wanted to do with KD, but there's, you know, KD. KD's cool, man, but it's just when he have a problem with you, it's, it's over. He's going to handle it however he wants to, whether that yell in your face, talk about you on, on social media, whatever. He's going to handle it the way he wants to because he, he ain't rocking with you. So what did Shannon Sharp do when KD pressed him like he did Rappaport? He blocked him. He, he, he invited him to talk like men in person. KD didn't want to do that. He blocked. I was like, this is a prophecy. The, the prophecy has come true. <laughs> the prophecy has come true. That's what he said. That's what he told Michael Rappaport to do. And then sure enough, he's in the situation with KD and he had to do it too. No problem with it. I, man, I don't block people. I don't, I don't block people. I understand why Shannon Sharp did what he did um that's how he handled it i don't block people you get to say what you want to say if it's too much if you're really harassing me i'll just ignore you like i don't i don't care that much i mean i i've ignored people before i blocked i just it's just something in my mind i just felt like i just feel like that's i just feel like that's whack that's soft but hey some people just don't want to deal with the negativity i mean some people have blocked me for stuff i said some girl i like block me for one thing I said, not even directly to her, I don't believe. So, you know, it happens. It happens. Um, They'll probably reconcile later on, just like with KD and Draymond. I don't think... Actually, listening to KD and Draymond on a podcast makes me realize that they never had any beef. Like, they had some disagreements, but it never really, it never really was as deep as people said it was. So KD, he can be a reasonable person once the dust settles, but he's sensitive and got rabbit ears. I think both both guys come out kind of sensitive to me because to, to me, blocking people just looks weak to me. Just ignore them. Um, and KD just having rabbit ears when you're the best player in the game just trying to fight every little fire. I, you don't need to do it. <laughs> You're KD. You're arguably the best DMV basketball player ever. You're one of the best players in the world. Yeah, you don't you don't need to. I mean, you don't need to be going back and forth with people. And Shannon Sharp, like, he could have just ignored KD. But, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever. That's This is not how he does. We're, I guess we're different. But let's... Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, I told you how I told you that I was going to tell you about how that flag football social league playoff went. Well, it went great. We blew everybody out. I told you we didn't belong in the wild card because our two losses were BS. We played six games, right? We were four and two. 
we got in a three-way tie, and we lost out on a three-way tie and ended up being number three. I was like, we shouldn't be number three. It's kind of like Jordan in a draft. You got to be ready for that laser. But seriously, though, man, uh, we were clearly the best team. Our two losses came from a rainy day where we didn't run our offense and we're missing four of our best players. That was one loss. The second loss was a forfeit where they gave us both losses after a confrontation where they got mad about the ball we were using. Then they pushed us. And they pushed one of our players, and then there was a scuffle. And then that's it. They disqualified us for that. <laughs> Super soft. And we were winning. We were going to win that game by a lot. But anyway, man, we were number three, so we had to play. So it's six teams, so you know, just like the NFL, if you're number three, you're going to have to play wild card weekend. And we played the wild card game, and we had we got to play against the worst team in the league. But the thing about that team is, they, see, they were winless, though. The thing about this team is I was worried because the last time we played them, it was 13-13 at halftime. Now, we did end up blowing them out. We did end up winning by two touchdowns. But it was 13-13 at halftime. And we were sleepwalking. But this time, we didn't sleepwalk. We just straight blew them out. It was 40 nothing before they did anything. <laughs> we killed them. I was going half speed. I, I, You know, I turned up at first. But then after we got up like three touchdowns, I was like, this shit is too easy, man. This team is trash. <laughs> and I just, I, just, I just treated them like they were less than, and they were. Got them out the way. The team that was in fourth that I thought that was going to be a threat to us, they got upset by the fifth seed. Okay, whatever. Then we get to play the team that beat us in the rain with half our people gone. And, you know, they, they got a they gotta cute girl on the other team that I really like. I didn't really talk to her, you know. <laughs> but nevertheless, I thought they were going to forfeit because they were show, slow showing up. Dog, we get on the field, we blow them out too. Bruh, I think, I think before, I think it was 31-6 at halftime. Bro, I was like, how did we lose to this team again? See, I knew that when we lost to that team the first time in the rain, I kept nodding my head like, we're going to kill y'all. We're going to kill y'all in the playoffs. We're going to see y'all again. We're going to see y'all again. And we saw them again, and we killed them. We I think the score was like 46 to 21. Like, they destroyed them, man. And then the fifth seed that, you know, upset the one title contender – they upset another title contender like 28 to 6. I was like, God, dude, this team is on a hot streak. This team is for real. And you know that that team has someone I play pickup with, so I'm kind of familiar with one of the players on their team. So I, I knew, and he was arguably the best player on their team, and of course he was. But I was like, we played them, they gotta die. And you know, they they put up a fight. They put up a fight. They they got up seven nothing. I was a little worried, but then after we scored and made it 7-7, I think we controlled the game from there. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, they were sitting there watching our plays, so they, they knew what to look for, kind of. But, you know, when you're dealing with this team I'm playing with, we got a team full of, like, 
offensive geniuses and stuff. Like we got plays and stuff. Like we got plays. We can make adjustments. Like this was one of the best teams I've ever played on. And I had about four touchdowns and I dropped three of them. Like and I had I don't know how many two point conversions or one point conversion catches. I could have easily had about ten touchdowns. As I was I was just I was getting open the entire game. Even when they focused on me, like someone else was open. It was a fun experience. And I was like, man, as soon as the game was, was over, I pointed to the boxes, the box of uh championship glasses. I was like, give me that shit. Give me that. It's mine now. I've been waiting for this all season. I knew from day one that this was the best team. That this was the best team I ever played on. I knew we were the best team in the division because we we had an unstoppable offense. We had that we had an air raid type of offense and it was a co ed league. We just we stretch people vertical and then we make people we make people respect that and then we come back with curl routes and slant routes underneath and we were just killing people with that. No, no one had an answer for it. It was fun, man. Good to be a champion, even if it is social league. <laughs> I gotta check on my team see if they want to run it back because I haven't I haven't checked on them since Monday at least I spend a lot of time talking about that but uh what's what's next here what's next here uh okay my first Nats game back in person you know this should be normal right I I, I do what I used to do I drive to Anacostia Metro I park I hop on the Metro I take that one stop to Navy Yard. I go to the game. Usually it's a little bit earlier than I did this time. By the time I showed up, they were saying the anthem. So I was about right on time. I'm usually early. Cool. Go get me a 50-50 raffle ticket. Go sit down. This is pretty This is pretty normal. Of course, and I'm glad it's a Scherz day. Scherz, Scherzer is pitching. He's our ace. You know, I'm I'm ready for a show. Man, this guy come out the gate, and the bases are loaded. He gives up a hit. He hits a batter on the first, like, pitch. On on the first, like, the first batter he faced, he hits him. Then it's a walk. Then it's a hit. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Because remember, season opener against Atlanta, he gave up four home runs. I was like, here we go again. But to his credit, he um, retired the side after that. And I was like, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. And on the other side, we couldn't really get anything going on offense until like the fourth inning. And I, it was very windy outside, very, very windy. And I was all the way up. And so the wind was at my back, blowing at my back the entire game. And I kept – and I was cold and – I mean, I should have put one more layer on. I knew it was going to be cold, but I underestimated the wind. Like, the wind was really bad. So I kept getting up and, and walking around and, and using bathroom and stuff. I the fourth inning. Alex Avila, uh hit the ball way deep into the corner. And Josh Bell, when he, when he rounded his second, I was um, spinning my uh, finger in a circle. And I was like, let's go, go. Go, go. I knew it. I was like, he going to score. I know he going to score. And he did. I was like, yes, man. Yeah. I was loving it. I was like, yes. Who knew that I was going to be the only scorer of the game? But I think right after that happened, that's when I realized 
because I was going to charge my phone. I bought my mobile charger. And I find out that my wallet isn't in my pocket. Now, I know it's in the stadium because I used it to pay for that 50-50 ticket. And my 50-50 ticket's gone, too. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, okay, I've worn these gray sweatpants before, and stuff has fallen out of my pocket before. Okay, I can I can see that, but it ain't anywhere near me. But my 50-50 ticket is gone, too. One of two things happened. Either it fell out of my pocket, someone picked it up, and just they either just pocketed it for themselves or... They gave it to somebody who's supposed to give it to guest services, and they never gave it to guest services. Or I got pickpocketed. If I got pickpocketed, like, we we got to look at the tape. I know they got cameras in, in Nats Park. If I got pickpocketed, what the hell? But I'm like, I've been, I've been using my card ever since then, contactless, everywhere. Like, at the ATM, at the gas station. So I've still been using my card. So no one has taken any money out of my card. I had cash in my wallet too, which sucks. And I just ordered a duplicate license, so that's coming in soon. But I get I that's what rules out the pickpocket theory because no one has used my card. It's somewhere in that stadium. But I say all this to say to say I couldn't enjoy the game like I wanted to. Because I spent the fifth inning on looking for my wallet. I mean, I can roll without my wallet for now. I mean, half of the stuff I can pay for online. I can get cash out the ATM without using a physical card. So it's fine. But I'm just mad I couldn't enjoy the rest of the game. I tried once I realized I wasn't going to find my wallet. I tried. And I did catch Scherzer's uh, strikeout to put him in 21st. So happy about that. Scherzer was amazing. Nine strikeouts, only four hits. He really settled down after that first inning. And, and that's what Scherzer's been doing lately. And that's why he makes the money he does. That's why he's so important to our team. And he just kept it going until they took him out. Now, he did throw like 50 pitches in two innings. Like, the pitch count was up. This could have, the way he was pitching, this could have been one of these games from the second inning on. This could have been one of them games where he could have threw into the eighth or ninth inning. But the pitch count, they raised his pitch count so much in the first two innings, and then they had to take him out about the sixth inning. And, you know, the bullpen held on. The bullpen did great. They, they held the shutout. There were some, there were some close calls. There were some men on base. There were some hits given up, but they were fine, and they won 1-0, and I was happy about that. Then I immediately started worrying about my wallet, and of course, bum, Nats, guest services, they didn't find anything. Whatever. It was good to be back, even though it resulted in me losing my wallet and not even knowing if I won the 50-50 raffle. All that sucked, but it was good to be back compared to where we were a year ago. It was good to be back watching the game, having some sense of normalcy, and it's slowly coming back. We're slowly getting back to what we used to. only thing that's missing is uh, pickup basketball and, and uh, running groups. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, at the same exact time, well, I, I guess right after the game ended, the Wizards played the Warriors. 
Now, I originally planned to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch the Wizards and Warriors and get me some buy one, get one free boneless wings. I wanted to do that. But then I was like, nah, I got to grind. I'm going to do lift after this. And then I didn't even do lift after that. Wow. Anyway, so uh, I did the fiasco with my wallet. But the Wizards and Warriors happened. I got to listen to about the third quarter on the radio. And then I got to watch the end of the fourth quarter on on, um, TV after I Ubered to the parking garage and drove out. Wow. From what I heard on the radio... It looked like the Warriors had control of the game in the second and third quarter, and the Wizards jumped out on them. Curry only had four points at halftime, which, see, I knew it. It was just like Kevin Wiles said, and I'm sure Kevin Wiles don't even really watch the Wizards. Kevin Wiles on first things first said that Westbrook and Bill are not going to allow Curry to go off, and he was going to score about 22 points. And he was right. They they trapped him as much as they could. They took him out of his rhythm. He came out over whatever from three. And, and it's just like, this is what I'm talking about. They wanted this game. And I and I was hoping, you know, the fans back were on a winning streak. We're trying to get in the playoff. The Warriors are in trouble. And the Wizards jumped out on them. Here's the problem. The Warriors came back and dominated the game the next two quarters. They were stopping Curry. The only problem is you can't let um, – I'm looking at box score now. Uh, you can't let Jordan Poole have 22 off the bench. Six for 10 from three. You can't let Kelly Oubre have 24. This was a kind of a homecoming for him. Bazemore had 19 and nine. This It can't happen. Like, Curry was off, but their role players kind of went off. You have got to be getting. He played an eight-deep eight deep rotation. Wow. You have got to be kidding. Damian Lee didn't even play. He was hurt. That's probably why they, that's probably why they went eight-deep. But it looked like the Warriors was going to win the game because they were getting rebounds and offensive rebounds. They were getting to the line. They were getting to the rim. And time was running out, but the Wizards pulled through. The Wizards pulled through. I mean, Bertans, Bertans, you know, hit another clutch three. Like, in these close games, watch Davis Bertans because he hit some of these close threes, man. And you know what, man? When you see that Latavian laser, you better duck. So let me get a laser one more time. For sure. He had 19. He was 4 for 10 from three. He had a real clutch one down the stretch, and then Westbrook will hit one of his clutch um, self-fast break layups. And then Bradley Bill, man, these guys, man, this is a playoff team. This is a playoff team. Let me repeat myself. This is a playoff team. Now, I know this team had two big losing streaks and slumps, but they also had two big winning streaks. They won six in a row. They won six in a row. And they got OKC one more time, and then they got they got Cleveland twice. Like, uh, come on, man, we we can make this nine, ten in a row. Like, come on, man, we gotta play the Thunder tonight. I know the Thunder tried to give us a run for our money. It was kind of like the Warriors game where the Wizards got up to a big lead and then let the team dominate the second quarter, and then they, they almost and then they almost steal the game. The Thunder and the Warriors game were kind of identical. But the Wizards pulled both of them out. 
And, you know, Bill had 30 against OKC, and he had 29 against Golden State, and Westbrook had a triple-double in both games. Like, Westbrook had 20 rebounds against Golden State. Bruh, we going to playoffs. Ain't no way these guys are going to let us be at home watching the playoffs. No way. These guys are way too talented. OKC, Cleveland. San Antonio is about the same level as we are. We should be able to beat them. We got L.A. most likely without Anthony, without LeBron. They'll have Anthony Davis, but if he's on a minute restriction, I mean, we shouldn't be worried. Then we got Cleveland again. We should win that. Dallas will be, is always a tough matchup. Indiana, we beat them before. We should beat them again. Milwaukee is always a tough matchup. Toronto is always a tough matchup. We could beat Indiana again. Atlanta twice, Cleveland again, we should beat them. Charlotte, we should beat them, especially without LaMelo. So, the only only losses I really only see, like, three losses on this schedule. Maybe four, because Atlanta's, Atlanta's better than us this year. Only four more losses. That's playoff. That's playoff. And, you know, I know everyone was worried about Westbrook, and even some people even said he was washed. I guess not. I saw immediately when this guy is healthy, He's one of the best guards in the league. And then you got Bill, who's also an all-star. And then you got people like Davis Berton coming off the bench. And Daniel Gafford, I don't know who are uh, – listen, our GM is a genius getting Daniel Gafford. I thought – I was like, what are they doing? Trading away Troy Brown and and um Mo Wagner. Man, Gafford, way more productive than those guys. Hell of a, hell of a trade. This dude had 19 off the bench. I'm telling, I'm telling you, man, that eighth spot is ours. I, Toronto, Toronto, Chicago, and Indiana can't mess with us when we got two guards. We got a guard averaging a triple double and another guard averaging 30 a game, and we got shooting off the bench. We did lose Denny Avia. Hopefully he'll, he, hopefully heals up soon. He, his season's over. But we got big man, good big man role players, Robin Lopez. Daniel Gafford's been amazing. Um, Raul Neto. Veterans off the bench. Y'all in trouble. We coming for that A spot. And we'll probably get Brooklyn, who we've getting given trouble. And Philly, okay, Philly's a tough matchup. But who knows in the playoffs? When you got, uh, let me repeat myself. When you got Westbrook and Bill, anything is possible. So I'm very excited to see where this team goes. I, I just like where this is headed. And, you know, even if we're one and done in the playoffs, listen, we got momentum next year. We'll be fine. It doesn't look like they're going to tank. We keep this team together one more year, see what we can do. And we keep everybody healthy, y'all in trouble. Y'all in trouble this year. Can't imagine next year. Oh, my God. You're done. You're finished. Alright, but now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. Spring game on Saturday. If I was in Norman, I'd be going. But since I'm not, I would just have to I'm probably just gonna watch the highlights. Cause let's be real. You know, I'm gonna play flag football. I'ma eat lunch. Then I'm gonna go get this money with Liv. I'm I'm gonna be on my grind, so I won't I won't have I won't get to see it. 
but I'll look at the highlights. They always have full highlights of any type of OU football game, spring game or, or whatever. It's going to be online, and I'm going to watch it. Uh, I don't even know what to look forward to in this game. I, I mean, maybe who, who starts at running back and maybe some of these young receivers and see how our defense looks. I mean, you can draw some conclusions from spring game, but for the most part, you know, it doesn't really matter until August, period. But, you know, it's always good to see some Oklahoma football, and I wish I could be there, but it is what it is. Uh, looks like I'll be at OU Texas and OU Iowa State. I just got to get my money up and, and get there. Uh, we'll see, though, man. I, I can't wait to look at the highlights and recap it. I don't know if I'm doing a show next week, but whenever I do the next show, I'll, I'll recap. It. So now, OU softball. At this point, I mean, OU baseball, like, they're just a roller coaster. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're worth discussing <laughs> these days. OU softball is now 33 and one. And one. Emphasis on and one. Oh my God. They lost to Georgia. I said weeks ago that game worries me because it's a doubleheader at their place. And they was going to get hyped. And they were going to catch us slipping. And they were going to win one of those games. What happened? They won one of those games. They caught us slipping. You've got to be kidding. But it didn't happen like I expected. I, It kind of happened the, the opposite of how I expected. It was like I, I thought we were going to just straight blow them out the first game. And then they were going to come back the second game when we were tired. And then they were going to catch us slipping, and then they were going to win the second game. Nope. They won the first game when everyone had the energy and had their aces out. Credit to them. They they fought back. Like, they the, the fact that it was 2-1 after, like, four or five innings is incredible because we got this amazing offense. The pitcher had to pitch a great game. But then they gave up that grand slam, and we went up 5-2. And I was like, yeah, okay, we got it. We got it. Credit to them again. They put two more runs on the board, made it interesting in the seventh inning, and then they walked off. I was like, God damn. <laughs> they stole one from us, man. It Not the seventh inning. It was, it was extra innings. It was the ninth inning. They tied it up in the seventh. And then they walked off in the ninth. Hell, man. What the hell? So I was like, damn it. I'm going to watch this second game because I had some time. I watched about half of it. Then I had to get hit the road again. ESPNU. And what do I see? OU softball offense just making it look easy. Just getting anything they want. Georgia's not even challenging them. They got one little strikeout on a 3-2 pitch, on a 3-2 count, where... We had a chance to get a grand slam. So, of course, girl swings hard at a rise ball and strikes out because she wanted that grand slam. But other than that, oh, my God, the pitcher, their pitcher got that work. And they even changed pitchers. Oh, you got up to a 12 nothing lead. You beat them, then you pissed them off, and then they put up 12 runs in five innings. 
They put up 12 runs in four innings. 12 nothing. You had a little three-run homer in the, in the fifth inning, but you got run rule just like everybody else. So that's six run rules in your last seven games. Like, OU, OU saw ball crazy, man. Still the best team in the country. Still unanimous number one team in the country. Still the best offense in the country. And that loss is going to make them better. They're going to go back and see where they went wrong. And now y'all really in trouble because now we know where the weaknesses are. So when we get in, when we get in to the Women's College World Series and postseason play, y'all in trouble. Y'all really going to get annihilated. This could be one of the best teams ever. You're done. As I'm just getting a tweet notification from Oklahoma softball, I'm telling you, you're done. You're finished. And our, and our pitching staff deep, too. Shannon Shell and, and G. Warriors, you're done. Got, like, four people hitting over 500. <laughs> they in trouble, bro. They are in trouble. Oh, my God. But let's hop off the Sooner Schooner and let's get into something else. Oh, my God. Real, real quick, man. I... I, I it kind of sucks that I gotta talk about this, but I just I, I just got to man like the Derek Chauvin trial of how he was pronounced guilty and just the reaction of relief and justice and satisfaction. Well, some people were satisfied, some weren't. Like, yeah, we need to do more. Some people were like, yeah, we need to do more, and I think there needs to be more done, as far as you know unarmed black people dying in the hands of police it just sucks and it and it triggers triggers us african americans because of all the things our ancestors went through and our grandparents our parents even us to a certain degree the racism we deal with in america at times man just it's just tough you know i I just feel for everyone that was relieved by that verdict, that got some sort of peace and some sort of hope from Derek Chauvin being guilty on all three charges. Of course, there's a whole side of people that don't believe he got a fair trial and that they think the charges are BS, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just happy for for other people that just just made their lives a little bit better, this this verdict. I'm just happy for them. And that's, you know, and that's all I'm, I'm going to say about it. And Micaiah Bryant, Makia Bryant, like the same day, gets shot by police after she was um in a confrontation with some girls that were trying to jump her in Columbus, where I'm about to go next week. A place I go very often. I don't think I'm in that part of Columbus very often. That's East Columbus. I, I don't think I'm over there that, that much. But I, I've seen it, but I don't think I'm over there that much. But it's just a shame, man. Shame what happened to the woman, man. Like It's a shame what happened to the girl. She was only 16, and she was trying to defend herself. But I guess, you know, the guy saw a knife, and he just reacted. Uh, the police, that makes more sense than the Dante Wright thing where he was unarmed, and I know he was kind of resisting arrest, but you don't, I still don't think he was a, enough of a threat for the woman to shoot Dante Wright. But that's neither here nor there. Just stuff, it just, those two examples just shows that just we got a long way to go 
with uh, police relations and race in this country just shows we still got some ways to go. Like you can't can't rest, can't celebrate yet. Still got work to do. Job not done. Like Kobe said, it's just sad these kids dying, man, like that. Ah, just sad. Um, just pray for the family. They get some closures. I think most police officers are normal people and they know what they're doing. But I guess some of them just make them look bad and and just shows that and just and just and just shows that the race relations in this country is always going to be an issue. Period. All right. Uh, now is it time for the hypothetical game of the week or what? <laughs> I said <laughs> game of the week, game of the episode. Nope, before that, okay, Trey Young got hurt. And, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of this guy ever since I saw him play in high school. Thought he was the greatest high school player I've ever seen. I've been a fan ever since. And to see him get hurt and be in pain, I was hurt, bro. I was hurt, too. I was hurt seeing him be injured on the ground, holding his ankle. I was like, oh, no, please don't let it end like this. Please don't let this season end like this. I just said on the last show that the Hawks were surging and they were in the fourth spot. They were in the fifth spot. I was like, man, don't let the season end like this. Don't let the Hawks go out like this. Don't let Trey go out like this. He rolled his ankle, but he had a he had a brace on, so it didn't turn out as bad as everyone imagined. Cause he was crying, man. He was he was really in pain. But it turns out that he, he did sprain it, but he didn't sprain it that much. And it he's only going to be out at least two games. So with it being like 10 or 13 or so games left, that means he'll be back right before the playoffs. And he'll definitely be healthy for the playoffs. And that is important because I want to see this guy in the playoffs. I want to see what he can do even though he's going to draw a tough matchup against Milwaukee or Boston. Even though he's going to draw one of those matchups, I still want to see him in the playoffs, and I still want to see what he can do. Because he was cooking that game against the Knicks, too. And they were winning until he got hurt, and then they went to overtime and lost. But I want to see this guy in the playoffs. So I I was crushed when I saw him got hurt. And I was relieved when I heard that he's going to be back when the swelling and stuff goes down. So best of luck to Trey Young. It's definitely, even he said it was a blessing that it wasn't hurt worse than what it was. Because Denny Avia hurt his ankle and he ain't coming back. He could have been like Denny Avia. Man, sucks, man. Um, Sucks for Denny and I'm glad Trey Young is going to get to come back. um, Because I love watching this kid play. And I want to see what he does on a big stage like the NBA playoff. So now it's time for You Already Know. (laughs) Let me stop playing with y'all, man. The hypothetical game of the episode. After a short delay, we were supposed to get this last week. But finally is here. The rematch between Delaware and Delaware State. But with a twist. Delaware State 
gets demigod Westbrook. He they get a Westbrook with yellow glowing eyes that got super strength and sub and superhuman speed. Oh boy. This is bad for Delaware. Or is it? Or is it? So right so Westbrook is put at running back and safety. He's gonna play both ways, cause why not? Cause why not? First play of the game. First play of the game. Delaware returns the kick. Doesn't get very far. First play of the game after that. Deshaun Lee. Dejon Lee breaks through. Breaks through the line. Breaks to the second level. And right after he gets to the first down, he is popped by Westbrook. He leaves his feet. Fumbles. And... A D lineman from Dell State returns it for a touchdown, and already it's seven nothing Dell State. But Delaware responds. They quickly adjust. They avoid Westbrook by doing outside passes and runs, and, and, and short runs. So they had a fourteen play drive that results in a in a uh, Corey Sproul touchdown, and now seven seven. Just like that. Fireworks early on. So Delaware State, after the first play goes nowhere, decides to line Westbrook out wide. Uh, They press him. Big mistake. He easily gets off the press. The safety, the the safety help, he burns the safety. And uh, Jared Lewis launches it to to, uh, to the end zone. And Westbrook easily catches it for a touchdown. And now it's 14-7, Delaware State. So Delaware State makes the stop. And then they get the ball back. Then they hand it off to Westbrook. He breaks a tackle, breaks through the second level, and then it's him in the safety. He runs over the safety and sprints to the end zone for a 60-yard touchdown. There was no one even close to him after he ran over his safety. They could not catch him. It was over. So Westbrook's dominating already. It's 21-7, Delaware State. So Delaware, once again, takes time off the clock and has another long drive. Then they punch it in once again. Uh, John Lee, once again, I mean, well, this is his first touchdown, but yeah. But they punch it in 21-14. Once again, on third down, Delaware State, they line up Westbrook out wide once again. They expect the same play. They expect in the fade. He draws a triple team, a triple team bracket in their zone, which leaves a tight end wide open. Miles Beverly, wide open for a touchdown. He walks in the end zone, 28-14 Delaware State. Already way better than what they did two weeks ago. Or was it a week ago? Something like that. Delaware Delaware gets in field goal range. Delaware State stops them on third and short. And Delaware gets a field goal. So it's 28-17 at the half. They got to figure out how to stop Westbrook or it's a wrap. So just like that, Delaware State... Get the ball in the second half. Waste they they decide to put Westbrook at kickoff return. 
He gets the ball and he just runs past everybody. Some some good blocking, but also some broken tackles, a stiff arm. He stiff arms the kicker and he went all the way for a touchdown. 35-17, Delaware State. And Westbrook has like three touchdowns already. So, um, yeah, he has three touchdowns already. So then Delaware with another long double-digit play drive, 10-play drive. They score 35-24. So then after that, Westbrook fumbles. Okay, Westbrook fumbles, and Delaware capitalizes with a touchdown, with a touchdown pass. So now it's 35-31. Then Westbrook breaks another long run, 70 yards up the middle, but he gets tripped up by the safety this time. Inexplicable. I don't know how it happens. He gets tripped up. But then Jarrett Lewis, next play, fumbles the snap, and Delaware recovers. So then they have another long drive into the fourth quarter, and they kick a field goal to make it a one-point game. So once again, Delaware keys in on Westbrook. They blitz pretty much everybody. They fake it, but they faked it to Westbrook and threw a slant to Trey Gross. He plays for Delaware State. Right, right, right. 42-34. So then Delaware comes back. They get Westbrook out of position. They do a, a fake of their own. They look off Westbrook. And then they throw a bomb to Gene Coleman for a touchdown. Now it's 42-40. But Delaware needs a two-point conversion. But Westbrook punishes Corey Sproul for a a loss on the play. And it's still 42-40. So then Westbrook, once again, Takes the handoff, breaks five tackles, and gets tripped up. I don't know how. Then, so then they tried the RPO play where they fake to him and, and throw, gets picked off. So, as a result, Delaware kicks the game winning field goal as time res- expires 43 42 Delaware. Boom. That's game. That's game. So Jared Lewis, 8 for 10, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Westbrook had 25 carries, 202 yards, and a touchdown. Three receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Okay. Well, I think he had two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Nolan Henderson on the other side, 17 for 25. 267 yards, three touchdowns. The John Lee, 13 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Corey Sproul, 14 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Tyreek Pitts, seven catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Gene Coleman, six catches, 120 yards, and a TD. That's the hypothetical game of the episode, but before I end this, before I end this, now, I have Undisputed on, and they're talking about what the Eagles and Giants are talking about in their press conferences about the draft. But I'm going to focus on the Eagles. 
Nick Sirianni had another classic press conference where he said something that people are laughing at and not taking seriously. Okay, this one I kind of understand. He said he tests players' competitiveness with rock paper, rock, paper, scissors. I was like, you've got to be kidding. They're really not going to take us seriously now. You got our, you got our coach talking about rock, paper, scissors and quarterback competitions. Quarterback competition, that's typical coach speak. But rock, paper, paper scissors? Everyone's laughing at that. I was listening to the local Philadelphia sports radio talk hosts. They're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We're, we're doomed. That They've lost hope. They don't expect anything happen this season. And I'm just like, just keep on with the disrespect. Even the own fans is disrespecting the team. And I'm just like, we still got to play the games. If he wins games, all this goes away. So I he could say whatever he want. I just I just I just already knew what was gonna happen the minute he said something about rock, paper, scissors. So that's twice he says something in a press conference and no one takes him seriously. Okay, just just watch. Just wait and see. So you know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.